0: Welcome to Verified RX, your prescription for success, brought to you by the Visian Center for Pharmacy Practice Excellence.
1: Medication diversion is a complex and pervasive issue that challenges health systems and creates significant impacts. I'm Gretchen Brummel, Pharmacy Executive Director with the Vizient Center for Pharmacy Practice Excellence, and your program host. Today, I'm joined by my Vizient colleague, Carolyn Liptak, also a Pharmacy Executive Director. Carolyn is an expert in diversion mitigation. Welcome to the podcast, Carolyn. Hi, Gretchen. Thank you for having me. Tell us a little bit about your background. I've worked in hospital pharmacy
0: leadership for more than 30 years inpatient, outpatient, retail, specialty pharmacies, mostly in Houston and Denver, where I live now. Currently, I serve as the pharmacy executive director on the Center for Practice Excellence team at Vizient, focusing on financial performance and regulatory compliance, including the FDA and DEA who oversee control substances. I also sit on the advisory board at HealthCareDiversion.org, a nonprofit which aims to prevent diversion from harming patients, providers, and communities.
1: That's a lot of great experience to be able to share with our listeners. I know it may seem intuitive, but share with us why this is such an important issue. Most importantly, in every organization, controlled substance
0: diversion is a threat to patient safety. Sadly, patients are denied pain relief. They may be harmed if the provider is impaired or if they're exposed to a bloodborne pathogen. And certain populations are at a greater risk than others. We see patterns of diversion from patients who are elderly, who don't speak English, who are sleeping, or who are cognitively impaired. These patients may not be able to communicate effectively that their dose was missed. Secondly, the problem is escalating. The DEA recognizes five classes of drugs that are frequently abused. Opioids, depressants, hallucinogens, stimulants, and anabolic steroids a major driver of drug diversion is the opioid epidemic. And fentanyl in particular is the most commonly diverted drug and is the lead opioid in causing deaths due to opioid overdoses. Diversion of opioids is seen across all levels of the organization, from chiefs to frontline staff and across all clinical disciplines. And the third point is that it's the law. The Code of Federal Regulations requires that organizations provide oversight over these medications. Hospitals and providers with DEA licenses are obligated to guard against diversion.
1: Thank you for raising up the issue of those vulnerable populations. How has the technology progressed in this arena over the years? We've come a long way since
0: paper record keeping. This is an area that has developed substantially from locked cabinets with paper records and labor-intensive medical record audits to automated dispensing cabinets that improve security of controlled substances and provide better record keeping. The use of cameras provides improved visibility into security and storage. Smart pumps with additional security settings provide an additional layer of patient and family safety since families are left alone in the rooms with patients on controlled substances. And then when it comes to detecting drug diversion, particularly diversion within inpatient facilities, the previous great leap forward was about 20 years ago when most hospitals invested in automated dispensing cabinets and monthly anomalous usage reports using the dispensing cabinets data. Unfortunately, people looking to divert soon found ways around the security of the automated dispensing cabinets and the monthly reports. For example, it's pretty easy to stay under the radar on monthly reports by spreading diversion across multiple medications and strengths. So the report wouldn't flag me on any one given medication or strength. And this technology has many false negatives in which people who are diverting are not detected and it also has many false positives in which people who are not diverting are falsely flagged by the report. This can happen just when a caregiver has one or more patients with a large dispensed amount of a given medication or strength. That's a legitimate physician's order and it's being given appropriately. It can still flag the report. The more recent wave of innovation has added two main components. The first is the consolidated data sets come from more than just the automated dispensing cabinet now. Now these databases combine data from the electronic medical record, employee time clocks, the wholesaler purchases, reverse distribution and other internal inventory systems. Combining this data allows us to detect diversion we could never detect before within that laborious manual effort. Examples include reconciling the quantity dispensed, wasted or returned at the automated dispensing cabinet with the quantity administered in the EMR. The second component is machine learning technology, where detection analytics are trained to recognize known patterns of diversion in these consolidated data sets. Computers are really good at combing through these large data sets to find the needles in the haystack. With these newer components, we will continue to see rapid improvements in our ability to detect drug diversion, particularly as national networks of healthcare facilities adopt the newer generation of technology, accelerating the rate at which machine learning training sets are available. The larger the network and the larger the training set, the smarter the machine learning becomes. Despite all this technology, we still have to set parameters and we still have to have systems and processes in place to effectively act on this information.
1: That makes a lot of sense. It sounds like we've come a long way, but we still have a lot of work to do. Tell us a little bit more about how diversion software can assist us in this process a recent practice research report from
0: ASHP concluded that consolidated data sets and supervised machine learning can detect known diversion cases faster than existing detection methods. These tools dramatically improve speed to identification. They also reduce the time required for the investigation. We used to spend hours or even days digging through records and the MAR to look at dispenses and administrations. These tools pull all of that together. This high performance diversion software can essentially assist with four important steps detection, investigation, adjudication, and reporting. You start out with a designated person or team. They have to review the reports or alerts that have detected high-risk behavior and drill down into the details of the report to determine if a further investigation is required. The machine just tells us what it knows, and then it requires a person or a team to really assess if the investigation is needed. Once that's determined that a further investigation is needed, typically we pull together a cross-functional team that includes all the other relevant stakeholders, human resources, employee health, security, all of the other people who are involved when diversion occurs. And the diversion software provides the data to guide the investigation and to log this process. Next, most health systems have a decision-making council that now reviews the investigation results and decides appropriate next steps, typically according to their policy. If the council concludes diversion occurred, they would follow their policy for actions to be taken. The reports from the diversion software can be used when reporting the known or suspected diversion as required by law. So really the software is assisting in all of these ways. One area of concern that is not covered by diversion software is waste tampering. At the current moment, no diversion software can detect if the reported liquid waste is the actual drug or a substitute or diluted material. My understanding is that partnerships with waste assay testing vendors could close this gap where the software and the assay
1: test are combined. So again, those steps are detection, investigation, adjudication, and reporting. It sounds like we need to work on the tampering piece just a little bit more. What other gaps have you seen? One common gap that I see frequently
0: in organizations is a lack of awareness and transparency regarding controlled substance diversion prevention and detection by all staff. And very often, there isn't a well-known method for reporting suspicious activity anonymously. Often employees are not educated on signs and symptoms of diversion, nor do they know where to go when they see those signs and symptoms, especially if it's a coworker they know and respect. Frequent unexplained disappearances, mood swings, forgetfulness, sleepiness may not seem like unusual behavior, but can be signs and symptoms of impairment. Another common gap I see frequently is lack of executive support for a comprehensive multidisciplinary controlled substance diversion prevention and detection program. And I know that's a very long title, but often controlled substance diversion is seen as a pharmacy department problem when in fact diversion affects the entire organization. Control substance diversion prevention and detection is a matter of compliance and affects many departments in addition to pharmacy, like human resources, quality, risk management, employee health, and the obvious ones like the nursing and medical staff. It puts the entire health system at risk of being liable. There could be criminal or civil consequences, not to mention that public trust in the provider, the hospital, or the health system may be diminished as well. The organization's culture must support empowerment of staff to stop, question, and act. Healthcare workers must be expected and encouraged to speak up when something seems abnormal or unsafe. And then one last area that often gets overlooked is that patients are often charged for medications that were not received if the diverter takes that dose or they're charged for specific medications that caused harm. One person I know who was infected with hepatitis C as a result of diversion shared with me how offended she was to find charges on her bill for the tampered doses that were administered to her. She said to me, not only was I infected with hepatitis C, but I was also charged for it.
1: That just blows my mind. That is really impactful, Carolyn. What else should our frontline pharmacy staff know about this issue? Because diversion can happen anywhere controlled substances
0: are stored, it's important that all frontline staff, not just those in the pharmacy, know how to recognize the signs and symptoms of impairment or diversion. Diverters are often people you wouldn't expect. Sometimes diverters make a concerted effort to befriend the individuals who might report them so they appear less suspicious. Years ago, in a newly acquired hospital, I discovered diversion by an employee who had a long-standing reputation as a high performer and was very well respected by the leadership team. This person was always helpful and willing to go the extra mile. As a result, the diversion went on for quite some time because no one suspected that this awesome employee would do such a thing. Not only are impaired employees a threat to patient safety, but their own safety is at risk as well. There are many known cases of accidental or intentional overdose by individuals with substance use disorders who, by nature of their jobs, have access to large amounts of dangerous controlled substances. And although reporting well-liked, high-performing employees may feel uncomfortable, it could also save their lives. Everyone needs to know that if something looks like it might be diversion or someone looks like they might be impaired, it's important to ask questions, report those concerns, and investigate regardless of the person's position or character. Diversion is an important patient safety issue, but also employee safety
1: and public safety. I can appreciate that. And it sounds like our biases can sometimes cloud our judgment in this arena, and we definitely need to be aware of them. One of the ways to decrease the amount of available unused product from the public is DEA Drug Take Back Day. Tell me a little bit more about that. The drug overdose epidemic in the
0: United States is a clear and present public health, public safety, and national security threat. The DEA's National Prescription Take-Back Day encourages the public to remove unneeded medications from their homes as a measure of preventing medication misuse and opioid addiction from ever starting. Kids in particular, taking medications from the family medicine cabinet is a serious issue. Removing this illicit access goes a long way in keeping these drugs out of the wrong hands. It's dangerous and often tragic. The National Take Back Days occur twice a year. In the spring and fall, over 720,000 pounds were collected in April and more than 16 million pounds, or 8,000 tons, have been collected since its inception in 2010. Many local pharmacies, hospitals, and police departments participate in this event, and you can find out more information, including where to find a local collection site near you at dea.gov takebackday.
1: Very impressive. We'll be sure to include that information in our show notes for this episode. Well, Carolyn, thank you so much for joining us today to share your perspective. I'm so glad you could be here.
0: Thank you, Gretchen.
1: Please join us for more Verified Rx podcasts. Subscribe today like us and send us your comments. We'd love to hear from you. Verified Rx is your prescription for success and is brought to you by the Vizient Center for Pharmacy Practice Excellence. I'm Gretchen Brummel, thanks for listening.